You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. Good afternoon, Bruce. Welcome back. How are you? Oh, thank you. Um, I think I'm healthy. I'm alive. You sound um, a little different. Do you have COVID? Uh, well, I don't think so. Um, I don't have any of the symptoms, uh, so um, maybe I'm asymptomatic. But I was in the cold for like two days straight, moving furniture and boxes, and uh, uh-huh. we loaded a 20-foot, 20-foot? Yeah, 20-foot U-Haul and another U-Haul that I think was like 16-foot or something like that. I don't know. Loaded two of them um, and then unloaded them the next day. So within a 26-hour period. Um, so I'm, I'm still sore, uh, but alive. Well, that's good. Glad you're back and uh, glad you're, uh, you're feeling all right. Sorry about the soreness, but a couple of days stretching and this and that. Yeah, you'll be fine. But yep. and I hope you can get your uh, your little situation over there sorted out. That that sounds a little painful. But um, yeah, lots been going on the last few days. Don't know if you've been paying attention to it or not. You haven't looked at the news, have you? I haven't looked at the news at all. I've been, like I said, been moving. And then after we got done moving, I've been napping off and on. I, I did interact with family a little bit yesterday. So it's just been so busy lately. I, I haven't had the time to it. I, I spent probably four hours or so getting all the boxes rounded up and everything so I could set up my system so that I could be here today. So, uh-huh. uh, yeah. Fantastic. You know, I forgot that you weren't here on Friday and then I, I was like, okay, what are we doing for the morning show? And I'm sitting here and I'm like, there's no need to do a morning show. You're not here. And so <laughs> yeah. there wasn't one. And so I had, I had Marty on later on that afternoon with, um, uh, with Steve, the, the guy we were trying to get on, which, which we got all that figured out. Uh, we're going to have him back later on this week, I think. And so that, or pro- no, I'm sorry. It'll probably be next week, uh, and so that'll uh, that'll be interesting. Also, I've got uh, got us on the um, on the track to which I need to respond back to that email. Got us on the track to speak to uh, somebody who works in a in the, let's say that it's somebody that works in the funeral business, and they have some interesting things to come on and tell us about what they've noticed during COVID nineteen or lack thereof, possibly. Not sure. Haven't spoken to them in detail about that yet, but that'll be coming up. Which I don't know if you know about that, do you? I've I've seen notes about it. I believe. Um, okay. I have seen no. messages. Uh, that's been. Uh, yeah, we got that coming up. Also, few things have come out today. Uh, it came out in Australian news. It's just starting to hit the news up here. Not too. I don't. Of course, I don't know if there's any that are, that's actually hitting the uh, the American news. Certainly nothing here where I'm at. However. They have some new lockdown measures coming in, starting on Wednesday, of course, you see, because it's so bad that they can't do it today. They have to wait until Wednesday, because that makes sense. But we'll and get to that. how long are they supposed to last? Uh, there's, well, Bruce, you can't rush these things. You, you can't uh, rush these. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you just need 14 days, right? You just need 14 days. And I think we're closing, we're closing up on 300 days now. <laughs> Longest 14 days of my life. But there's something else that's going on behind the scenes. If I had to guess, I'd say that, yeah, well, we'll get to that later. Let's start with something that's gone on in the states the last few days. So all of those states, when we left here on Friday, we were talking about all the states, and it was upwards of 20, that had joined in the lawsuit with Texas that was initiated by uh, Pax, Ken Paxton in Texas to, uh, t- to put forth against Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Georgia for their actions taken during the 2020 election. And so this is a question of integrity here and and procedure and things of that nature. And so they petitioned and had it sent to the Supreme Court. Well, what happened with the Supreme Court? We don't care. We don't even want to look at it. And they just tossed it out. Alito, to to their credit, Alito and, and Clarence Thomas, the usual ones, stood tall. The rest of them cowered in fear, including the the three others that Trump put on there himself. So now's the next question. What comes next? Is it secession? Let's talk secession. So what where, where does it go from here? Because this is now going to get interesting. Uh, I was expecting, and I knew that secession was on the table months and months and months ago, but I was expecting secession to come from the blue states, but that would have hinged on the fact that Trump would have won, which he did, but uh, it would have been... Uh, based on the fact that uh, that they didn't, or excuse me, that they weren't able to steal it uh, as they did 
And if Trump would have been, you know, the uh, the the clear victor and there was no way they would have been able to stop it, which they weren't able to stop it this time until they just started doing all the dumps at like 430 in the morning. And that's what did it. Uh, and of course, they're using this as like, you know, with everything that's gone on with Dominion and everything with the mail-in ballots and, and all of that, none of that is being even considered. The state legislatures are not even looking at this. I mean, they've got stacks and stacks and stacks of evidence that they're bringing and they're not even going to look at it. It's like, OK, so wh- where where do we go? I'm hearing people in the mainstream in the U.S. say, and I'm literally hearing this. I'm sure you're hearing this, too. They're saying, well, we're just going to have to deal with it. Well, we're just going to have to we're, we're just going to have to suck it up and deal with it. Are, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Now, I've said this before. It's not the Constitution that's failed here. It's the federal government as an institution that has failed here. It's not the election process that has failed. It's that we've gotten away from our traditional election process is what's caused it to fail. So the systems and, and the checks and balances that we have in place are fine. It's the the institutions that come in here and all of the corruption that gets birthed in the midst of all of it that creates the jam up and creates the problem. And so that's not being addressed. They're just saying, well, we have to do this this way. And then, well, we're just going to have to accept it. Excuse me. uh, If you're just going to sit back and you're going to accept that, well, then what's the point? What's the point? So secession. Uh, Texas GOP GOP chair suggests that law abiding states form their own union after the Supreme Court rejects their lawsuit to overturn the election results. Well, if the Supreme Court's not going to stand for it, if the state legislatures aren't going to stand for it, well, then why is this not something that makes sense? I mean, this to me makes perfect sense at this point. But you look at the blue states, New York, California, Washington, Oregon, the like, right? All those left and east coast, or excuse me, east, east and left coast, I mean, west coast, sorry. When you look at these states... These are not producers. You can call them uh, large economies or, or whatever. Okay, fine. But they are office jobs in the city. Well, everybody's gone home. People are leaving the cities. You're not producers. You're not farmers. You're not heavy industry. That's all done out in, in middle America, at least for the most part, at least, uh, well, the heavy industry part of it used to be. But who in the hell is going to feed these people? So secession is, is going to turn them into, uh, into starving rats. So what, you're going to go to your compatriots over there in China? Oh, yeah, I said that. You're going to go to your compatriots. They're out of food. They're out of water, too. Did you know that? Did you know the Chinese? Did you know the Chinese Communist Party? You know they're out of food. You know they're out of water. Secession, though. Where do we go with secession? What are your thoughts on that? Because a lot of people hear that and and they get scared by it. So as far as Texans are concerned, um, secession is something that comes up a lot. If there's anything that looks even slightly amiss, Texans are like um, secession. So to be fair, Texans are very... Um, secession minded. That said, this is an instance that I think is very well warranted. You have um, the the legal processes are basically saying, yeah, we're not going to look into it. Um, It doesn't matter that there's evidence that looks like there is voter fraud going on or election fraud or whatever. The the irregularities, they don't care. It's just continue on. And as you said, the Supreme Court didn't look into it. So by their inaction, they literally may have, I hate to say it, triggered a civil war. That may be the catalyst that they were needing um, because Texas, as I said, and law-abiding states, they might. Um, Now, this could be just saber-rattling. This could just be them saying, you know, we're going to secede to try to get them to move. Um, But it very well could be real. Um, uh, I I, I don't know. And if they do it, (sighs) I... It could trigger trigger a civil war. It could just be a peaceful thing. They could just separate and, you know, that'd be the end of it. So I I honestly don't know. It depends on how the election process goes. It depends on when they do it. Um, If it were under a Biden, for example, I'm not sure it would be a peaceful transition uh, if they were to secede. Um, If it were under a Trump, that means they fixed it, obviously, or, or looked into it. So I don't know. Uh, I, I honestly don't know if they're serious about it, but... I think this one is definitely warranted to at least look into uh, seceding at the very least. The states that joined the lawsuit, it's entirely possible that they would go along with secession, uh, if not a few more. I mean, you have to look at it like this. People are emptying out of the cities. They're going out to other places where they're they're going to be free. We're going to talk about New York today, what's going on with uh, with Cuomo. All these hypocritical people that are running these uh, these blue cities, these blue states, no one wants to live like that. Nobody. I mean, no. you have you have people that are uh, that are out there. I mean, the, the political class 
in those states, they're throwing parties, they're uh, they're hanging out with people, they're up there with no masks, no social distancing, they don't care. You know, I, I sent uh, I sent a thing over to, um, I sent a video clip over to Marty, I didn't send it to him, I, I will. Um, as a matter of fact, I'll just do it now, so you know what it is. I sent a photo over to Marty, this fool, okay, this guy, this guy works with justice, okay, and you see what he does. You know how he, you know how the camera like usually zooms in at the podium, right? And so whoever comes up off the side, then you always see them just coming up to the podium. They stand up there, they put their clipboard or whatever down, and they see it, and and they look into the camera uh, and all of that. The camera pans over, and you can see behind the curtain. Somebody hands him a mask. He puts it on. He reaches over. He picks up his his uh, his clipboard, his book, and and whatever else, uh, his phone, and and a couple other things, uh, and a, at like a pen or something. And then he walks. The camera follows him. It's a it's a continuous shot. The camera follows him over to the podium. He gets to the podium. He takes the mask off. It's that hypocrisy right there that's the problem. People see through this crap, and to see these people in these cities and see the way that they behave, it's no wonder people don't want to stay there. And so they're going to go to these other places. And so what are these people in these cities, in these areas, in these states and, and stuff like that, what do they think is going to happen when the population pulls out, goes to a part of the country where they can live and be free and pay less taxes? And then what? Are we, are we going to start erecting borders everywhere? Did that cameraman get chewed out for his... I, I don't think job? so. You, you see it. I mean, it's yeah, that, that's, that's great. The, the hypocrisy. Here's another thing uh, to kind of go back on the voting thing because of the um, basically the quote unquote elite are unwilling to look into the votes, unwilling to audit them, unwilling to look into the ir- irregularities. That's effectively the elite telling us your vote does not matter. So on line on the line of this hypocrisy, the hypocrisy with voting, you know, they, they go in and say, Oh yeah, you should go out and vote. You know, it's it's your civil duty, if you will, or or you know, it's your right to go out and vote. So you should go out and do it. But they're literally sitting here, spitting in your face, saying your vote does not matter. So I I don't know where this goes. I don't know if Americans just roll over and take it. That's not the American way. I hate I hate to say to, to you know, but because the implication there is um, standing up and resisting, whether you go out and protest, you know. Uh, peacefully protest. That's one of your constitutional rights. Yeah, well, I mean, Bruce, they're banning lockdown protests. You, you can't do that. You can't protest that. And of course, if you're protesting the election, let alone in person, if you're protesting the election on YouTube, there's no three strikes for you. You're gone. You're out. Yep. And I'm sure that Facebook and YouTube and uh, sorry, uh, Facebook and Twitter are going to be the same way in the coming days if they're not already. They're similar. I know just here Friday, uh, the creator of Dilbert um, the comic strip, um, his, uh, what was his name? I just had it. Um, let's see here. Scott Adams. Yeah. He was just banned on Friday from YouTube because, uh, nope, no other strikes. He was just no warning or anything. And it was because of, um, I'm guessing he was questioning the vote or, or talking about COVID or I, I, I don't know. Uh, his sin was being a conservative. By the way, uh, breaking that lockdown for Germany, 14 days, right? Is that what it was supposed to be? 14 days. I, I hope the uh, I hope the the people there stand up and tell them they to already shove are. it. They already are. Of course, they've banned protests. You're allowed to protest anything you want, except for the government. You're not allowed to. Pro- they've made that illegal. You can't protest the government. So yeah, that's literally the whole thing here in America. That's literally <laughs> the whole thing that you protest. It's you know, right. you're petitioning your grievances, you know, the government with the government. So like. That's literally why you go out and protest. Of course, you can protest other things, corporations, um, individuals, whatever. But generally speaking, you, this was meant for you to be able to protest the government and um, you know make your voices heard on that on that scale. It, basically, we have a bunch of systems in place to do all that we can right uh, before we go to the next amendment in line. That that's basically what the first amendment's for, more or less. So Adam Schiff, right? Who, who is this fool? Who, who is this guy? Where in the hell did this guy come Shifty from? Schiff. Yeah, Sh- Shifty Schiff. I mean, would you trust? The, I wouldn't trust this guy with an egg. Would you trust this guy with anything? No. 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 As no. the name Absolutely. suggests, Shifty Schiff. No. Yeah, Shifty Schiff. Yeah. He says those who signed on the uh, to the Texas lawsuit, the GOP people, of course, that signed on to the Texas lawsuit to contest the presidential election results are a, I'm quoting here, a danger to the country because they only care about uh, perpetuation of their power. Um, uh, okay, uh, okay, so the politicians that stood up for our integrity of voting, you know, the, the integrity of our voting system, they, but, uh, that doesn't make any sense. 
like they're literally standing up for our our freedom to vote and our vote to count but yet they're a, a menace to our country uh, i don't hmm. how about the fact that uh it's entirely possible that and i'm not saying this because the data dump just happened today it's entirely possible that i would say that this guy's probably on the chinese communist party's payroll that would be my guess uh, amongst many others. But the way that he's behaving the last four years, it stands to reason, doesn't it? I mean, look at his look at the way that he's been doing nothing but undermining the integrity of the entire system, let alone just an election process. I mean, he's clearly he's standing for this, but it makes me wonder what they've got on this guy. It makes me wonder. I wonder what they've got on all of them. What is it just money? Is that all it is? Is it is it the dirty blackmail? Is it uh, is it the uh, the human trafficking rings? What is it? What is it? What is it that's so bad that's got you people so scared and so compromised to sell out your own people? Do you fools that are in office do you not understand? And the same and the, the same goes with the mainstream media. Do you not understand that when that takeover happens, you are the first to go? Always, always happens that way. Why? And I'll tell you why. Because every time in history, this works the same way. When the ruling body comes in, finally, which will be none of you people, when that finally comes in, you're the first to go. The reason you're the first to go, because if you will sell out your own countrymen and women, then what's to stop you from turning against those people that are going to take your place? You see how that works? People like this are, are absolute trash. People that are in these Western governments that are that are perpetuating this 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 sick idea are absolute trash. This garbage that I've heard today about the CCP uh, exposure, which we're going to get into that. I, I don't even know where to start with it. It's so big. Two million people that are on the, the payroll of the Chinese Communist Party in Western companies, in Western governments. And you think these lockdowns are now about Corona? Is that what you think? Do you really believe that? We haven't had time to dig through all that stuff yet. So I don't want to go all I don't want to go off all half cocked and, and get on some uh, crazy conspiracy stuff. I haven't had time to look at it yet because it just came out. And it's not really getting much attention. Not surprising. And to be fair, some of it hasn't been translated yet. So, Correct. It, you know, for, for us English speakers, it's a bit difficult to to parse that information. Which uh, there is somebody that we know that, that we can consult with, that we trust, that speaks fluent Mandarin, but that's a side issue. But um, Eric Swalwell, okay, I'm, uh, right, that's Schiff, right? Schiff, Schiff's a disgrace, uh, along with many others. Eric Swalwell, he's now been caught red-handed, so to speak, with uh, literally, uh, what was her name? Fang Fang? Literally, I think that was her name. Uh, it, Something like that. It was a that. Chinese operative. It, it was a CCP operative that he was sleeping with. And uh, of course, now Swalwell's come out and said, oh, that's, uh, uh, that's, that's Trump. Trump's perpetuating that lie against me. Your own party has removed you from the committees that you were on because you're compromised. Dianne Feinstein, Senator Dianne Feinstein, her driver was a CCP operative for 20 years. And of course, she's been removed from the head of the Senate Intelligence Committee. Obviously, she's compromised. How many others are? Eric Swalwell suggested Tuesday that President Trump was behind the uh, the report of revealing that he was one of the one of several politicians who were entangled with someone suspected to be a Chinese spy. No, President Trump's not behind that. Your own party's behind that. If I had to guess, I, I don't think Trump would be behind that. But more than that, with the data dump now that's out, and of course, as soon as the data dumps out, oh, all these major, all these big lockdowns are coming all of a sudden. On Monday, a Chinese national named Fang Fang, I'm sorry, uh, or Christine Fang, targeted up and coming local politicians, including Eric Swalwell, who is a Democrat from California, by the way. Fang reportedly took part in a fundraising for Swalwell's 2014 re-election campaign, although she did not make donations, nor was there evidence of illegal contributions. Of course not. Of course not. A suitcase full of money. Well, you can't report that, can you? Investigators became so alarmed by Fang's behavior and activities that they that they alerted Swalwell in 2015 to their concerns, gave him a and gave him a defensive briefing. Swalwell then cut off all ties with Fang and has not been accused of any wrongdoing, according to an official who spoke to news outlets. Okay. That happened in 2015. So he's been on these committees for almost five more years. What kind of information is there? What kind of information has been compromised? National security information that not all of us are privy to. Same thing with Dianne Feinstein, head of the Senate Intelligence Committee. Her driver worked for the Chinese Communist Party for two decades. And now all of a sudden, we're just supposed to say, well, yeah, OK, whatever. We don't stand up for 
the rule of law. We don't stand up for elections. We don't stand up against authoritarian governments. We don't stand up for uh, integrity of, of trash like this. So where does it end? Where does it end? Where do we draw the line? What are people's lines in the sand? Do you have a line? Do you have a line, Bruce? I have a line. Uh, we've technically passed my line long, long ago. Uh-huh. That's actually why I got politically aware is because we crossed the line. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, it kind of went that way, didn't it? Ted Cruz, <laughs> I'm quoting, says, I've said screw the Chinese communists. Little did I know how closely Swalwell was listening. <laughs> uh, uh, Senator Ted Cruz criticized Eric Swalwell's relationship with a suspected Chinese spy in a tweet on Thursday. Yeah, it's a little Twitter hand slapping mm -hmm. contest or whatever, which I'm surprised that uh, I'm surprised that Ted Cruz hasn't been thrown off Twitter yet, to be fair. I mean, technically, by Twitter's own rules, they don't throw political leaders or world leaders off of their uh, platform. They allow them to speak freely, even though they censor Donald Trump's tweets as the president of the free world. But yeah, who cares, right? It's no biggie. Fang gained access with the with politicians through campaigns such as uh, okay, so it's, I'm sorry. So uh, through campaign funding, networking, personal charisma, and even romantic or sexual relationships with at least two Midwestern mayors. You see, they always go for that local level. Yeah. See, we're we're bottom up politics. So you start at the bottom at the local level and you go upwards. Whereas in a lot of other nations that are, uh, <clears throat> I'm doing the quotes, democracies, it's top down. The system in the U.S. is inverted. So you can change it at the local level and you work your way up. It's not trickled down. It's forcing the change from the bottom up, from the grassroots. It gives the individual the power. That's what America is all about. But they know that. So they go through and they compromise these people at the local level. Same thing's going on here. They're compromising people at the local level. George Soros, he was going after federal prosecutors at one point in time, trying to buy them out. And he didn't have any luck with it. So he changed tactics. Do you remember that? And then he started going after local DAs. Yeah. 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 So it's the same thing here. It's the same tactic. Uh, and, and for a while now, Soros, the last, I'd say, four or five years, Soros has been going through buying up uh, county sheriffs. But uh, it, it's the same tactic. But anyway, yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. Have you heard anything on Swalwell since you've been gone? I mean, all this has kind of come out since you've been gone. Have you heard anything about this? Um, the only thing I've heard about it is he was um, screwing the, uh, the Chinese Communist Party, literally. And other than that, that I haven't heard anything more on that. I just heard the kind of the beginnings of that. Media Matters, George Soros outfit, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. it's all his all his people. He fun, he funds it and all that stuff. He takes all he gives all that money to uh, to organizations and or news organizations. Media Matters, I think it's one of the it's one of the biggest ones. Media Matters has now said that China is a victim of GOP fear mongering. It's a victim, you see. Huh. It'd be, it'd be interesting how long that stance remains when that uh, that dump starts getting translated. Uh huh. And they yeah, and you you know that that's coming. You, oh, you yeah. know that's coming. And so now, th see the these people that are in these governments that are that are enforcing these these uh, draconian lockdowns, the ones that are going to go even further now. Listen to me. They are desperate. They are absolutely desperate. They have nothing left. Okay. Anybody wants anybody that wants to know, and I, I'm not going to get too graphic here because this is just terrible, uh, and and it's it's too horrible what I would have to say. But if you want to know the attitude of these people right now, the ones that are in these government positions, they've gone completely off the deep end. They're crazy. They're insane. They, they've completely sold us out. They're, they're finished, and they know they're finished. If you want to know what they're doing, look up. All you have to do, I know everybody Google stuff nowadays. Look up Operation Nero by the Nazis. That's what they're doing. They are they're leveling everything. When I said months ago that they are going to come in and they are going to bulldoze absolutely everything, they're going to level everything we know, everything, because we won't stand up. They're going to level it all. It's all got to go. Your pensions, your savings, your house, your cars, all of it, everything. You think they're just going to let you stay in your house and watch Netflix? I got another thing to tell you. They're going to come for absolutely everything and everyone. They don't care. So stop being naive. Jeffrey Ingersoll, the editor-in-chief of The Daily Caller, called out the self-identified progressive media watchdog, Media Matters, in the most conclusive way on Twitter on Friday. He says, you can't make this stuff up. It's turning itself inside out to paint the country with concentration camps as a victim of GOP fear-mongering for people who aren't idiots conducting apologetic ops for congressmen caught in the web of a truly abhorrent regime, Swalwell, and many others. It's very clear that China is recruiting at universities. We've known that for quite some time. The clip we played here last week of Tucker talking about how there was a, uh, a Harvard professor that took $50,000 a month from the Chinese Communist Party for research and, and other purposes. Their efforts are well documented, as the big data dump happened today. It isn't necessarily to fear monger, 
about a country like China. But as far as universities being easy targets, Media Matters is probably referring to a recent speech by Secretary of State Mike Pompeo at Georgia Tech, where he warned his audience about multiple dangers of the overly cozy relationship many institutions of higher education, I'm doing the quotes, currently have with the Chinese Communist Party. You know, I was talking to Marty on the phone earlier today, and I was mentioning a lot of this stuff, and we were talking about this this big data dump and everything, and he said... This is exactly what the Soviet Union was doing back during the Cold War. Exactly the same thing, except they weren't this deep into it. We still had patriotic people here in the West that were willing to fight and to stand up against this type of espionage and this kind of penetration. But now it's what? It's money. It's power. It's control. But anyway, so yeah, enough about that. More lockdowns are coming, right? These are harder lockdowns. Why? I think people understand there's something that's not right. You know, you need to wake up. You need to get some coffee in you. I get it. It's time to grow up. It's time to get real. This is not a game. Yeah. COVID is terrible. That's that's why the lockdowns are happening, right? It's it's COVID, right? Right. You know, Bruce, this happened the other day and I didn't send this video to you. I haven't seen it because I haven't talked to you until we, we started now. Mm-hmm. But there's a video out there and I will send it to you here shortly after we get offline. And I, I would play it here, but obviously we're just audio. But an Austrian member of parliament stood at the podium. You know how they have their podiums and they have, you know, everybody that's out there in the, you know, in the, uh, in the seats and everything. He pulls out a clean government issued PCR test. All right. He opens it up right there. It was all sealed and everything. He opens it up right there. He has a glass of Coca-Cola. He opens the PCR test and he lays it out there on the table. He takes the swab, puts it in the liquid, down in the liquid of the Coca-Cola, pulls it back out, lays it across the PCR test, you know, does a little swab and everything on it, gives his speech about everything that's going on, how crazy all these lockdown things are how it's destroying the economy, and he's very upset going on and on and on about all this while he's waiting on the results of the PCR test to come in. What do you think happened with that PCR test? That video is circulating, uh, and it's it's going around certain parts of the internet. I know not a lot of places are actually, if you're mainstream, if you're if it's, if you're looking for it on Facebook, if you're looking for it on, on Twitter, uh, which it was on Twitter for a little bit, but I think it got pulled down, uh, which is where I first saw it because someone linked to it. But Bruce, what do you think that PCR test showed in real time? Oh, uh, Without a doubt, uh, it was positive. No it was question. positive. It was positive. And so they're basing all of this on these overinflated PCR tests. You're hearing hospitals are overrun. Hospitals are, which I got some hospital numbers here. You're hearing that hospitals are overwhelmed, right? Medical systems are, are, are pushed to the max, right? But the data shows something a little different. You're hearing about at capacity hospitals nationwide. Doesn't matter where you are. They're pushing the same thing here. Same talking points. Same talking points, same lockdown measures, all of it. It's all coming from the same place. But are the hospitals really overrun? Go down to a hospital. Oh, no, see, they're going to make it to where you can't do that. You get caught out, they're going to find you, right? Now you just have to listen to what they have to say. You do understand they can't stop all of us. You understand that? Oh, they'll get some of us, but they're not going to get all of us. For most of 2020, rising positive test results of COVID-19 have brought with them fears of swamped hospitals, right? Overwhelmed medical systems, emergency patients being turned away, blah, blah, blah. You hear all the reports. And COVID-19 patients being triaged, being sent into the ICUs and all of that, right? Suffering and dying in hallways and vestibules and all the rest of it. Where's the footage? Where's the mainstream news out there hyping the fear? Oh, don't think they wouldn't do it. Oh, we want to spare the public of, of seeing such horrors. No, you want the fear. You want the hype. You don't have it, so you have to manufacture it. You show zoomed in shots of a hospital somewhere of people in PPE and a ventilator kicking on and off with somebody laying there just out of focus on the bed. That's what they show you. The initial responses, makes sense, said that many times, makes sense. You going to trust what's coming out of the Chinese Communist Party? We didn't. I wouldn't. I mean, we did in the beginning of COVID, didn't we? We being the general free Western world, we, we believed the, commun- the Chinese Communist Party. And what, what, what did that bring us? Lockdowns, mass well, okay. mandates, I, destroyed I didn't, economies. I didn't believe the numbers because of the way that they were. I believe that the numbers were actually worse than what they were. Agreed. Agreed. But um, what I'm saying is the Western world, not us specifically, but oh, the Western yeah. world yeah, in yeah, general. Yeah. They believed it. And that's what brought us the lockdowns and all the, mm-hmm. no- that. That's what brought us the, the two million are going to be dead by July. Oh, was right. Four. And that's why we four. had to do. I oh, was a four million. OK. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mr. Uh, Armageddon said it was four million. Yeah. So that's that's what that's what brought the, all these lockdowns. And here we are now. Right. Uh, 14 days later. Right. Oh, wait. No, no. We're, we're like nine months later. Well, now here's, here's something interesting. So much of the fear in the early stages, you saw the agenda that was being pushed. You saw what was going on in northern Italy, right, in Lombardy. They hyped the fear. They had all the military and everything like that around. They showed you that, that shot. 
that footage. So in a response to that, leaders and medical officials in other parts of the, um, the world, in the Western world, they suspended elective surgeries. They constructed emergency medical facilities to cope with the, uh, the waves, right? Javits Center in New York, Nightingale Hospitals in, um, uh, in the UK that Marty talked about. Hell, we took those two hospital ships. We put one in New York that we had to pull out of Caracas, Venezuela, because it was given free health care down there. And then we took the second one. Uh, see, the Comfort went to, the, went to New York. The Mercy hospital ship went to Los Angeles. They both had to leave. A lot of those facilities were shuttered because they didn't have any patients. Javits Center, they had to shut it down. They treated what? Five patients? Marty was talking about it. They sent, um, they treated like 30 people. They had to shut them down. Millions of dollars to build these things. Millions of dollars. Do you know how much it costs to move one of those hospital ships? I think something like $100,000 every time you turn the key. Chicago, just the city of Chicago alone, as if they don't have a financial problem big enough already in the whole damn state, let alone Chicago. They spent $120 million on four facilities, and they treated a grand total of 38 patients. And now they're going on with this new stuff. Now it's all, the, we're seeing the worst cases we've ever seen because you're not counting the flu. Government data in, in all of this is completely flawed. Nothing has been correct. It's been manufactured, it's been overinflated because they're desperate, they're, they're terrified. They don't know what to do. Even if it stopped now, would you trust them again? Answer is no. I, I wouldn't. No. And no. the thing is, it, it's not necessarily the government's data is inaccurate. Now, the government's data on COVID is inaccurate. The problem is, is like the media and some of these other sources are interpreting or extrapolating the data improperly. We, we've talked about this before. I, I think it was one of the times we had GP on. He brought up the point that when you look at the overall mortality rate, right, all, all deaths, it's in line with the last four to five years. This year, so far this year, has has matched those past years. So far this year, right? It, it's been the same, more or less. Well, this year's almost over. We've got, what, 17 days left of this year? 18 days left? We're not going to see thousands of deaths, or excuse me, um, hundreds of thousands of deaths within that time frame to skew it so far ahead of the past years, right? I, I believe um, if you went back the f uh, five years, it was the same, more or less, within within like 50 uh, deaths a day, roughly. But then when you got to 2014, that's where there was a bit of an anomaly because 2014 was actually a, a lower year. Um, we had fewer deaths that year. But overall, it's been about the same. So where is this narrative that so many people are dying of COVID and all this? Well, you guys are, there's no excess deaths. Where is this narrative coming from? Other than they're ginning up hysteria, one, to generate money, but two, to get people to be complicit, compliant with these lockdowns and these mask mandates and trying to, you know, um, enact control. And as we've we've discussed now uh, with this data dump, uh, when we start digging into it, it'll it'll reveal that um, oh, there's some other stuff going on in the background. That uh -huh. uh, yeah, let's uh, let's take a look at the health and human services numbers. OK, just their numbers. Now, this is not some uh, crackpot theory. This is from their actual website. You can go and look this up yourself. That's where I'm getting this. Department of Health and Human Services offers on their website estimates of hospitalization rates across the United States. All right. So the data, HHS says, is estimated from the hospital submissions either reported through their state or reported through the HHS Protect, which the department describes as a secure data ecosystem for sharing, parsing, housing, and accessing COVID-19 data. So let's look at what they have now, right? Currently, currently. Now, we're being told that the hospitals are overwhelmed, right? Or they're on the verge of collapse, right? Now, the numbers I gave last week at the uh, roughly, I mean, they're they're right around the ballpark figure. The U.S. has less than one million beds available across the country at any given time at any given time. So with a population of 350 million people or thereabouts, you can do the math. If we had two million people that were in need of hospitalization, you'd have a million people that were being turned away and sent home to die. That's what you would have. Just basic math and logic tells you that to be true. The estimated national hospital is hospital utilization. OK, this is according to their own numbers. You can go to the HHS.gov website and get this yourself. Inpatient beds occupied, which is all patients. OK, all patients. This is nationwide. Right now, we have 537,196 beds that are occupied all across the United States. OK, that's those. These are people that are admitted into the hospital right now. Overall percentage of the entire system is 75%. We are at 75% capacity right now. 
which is about right. That's about right. Inpatient beds occupied with COVID-19 patients. All right. Hear, hear me now on this one. That's all. Now, the first stat, that was all patients for everything. All right. Everything. Now they break this down for COVID-19 patients nationwide. 105,570 or about 14.8%. 14.8% of the hospitalized people in the United States are only COVID-19. This is according to HHS. Blue? They don't say. I'm just mm. looking at all patients, COVID-19. Now, this one. Let's look at all patients across all parts of the whatever you need an ICU for. All right. Let's look at the ICU capacity. Let's look at their numbers. How many people in the United States right now do we have in the intensive care unit across all aspects? Right. Whatever you need to go into ICU for. Sixty seven thousand six hundred and sixty five or national percentage. Sixty three point five. Are the hospitals overwhelmed because of covid? Um, actually, I would say the hospitals are too low. The, the numbers um, compared to other years we're we're usually at 90 or so percent, 90, 95 percent capacity. And that's partly because of the elective surgeries, which, you know, we've talked about that before. That has to do with uh, things like um, heart surgery, organ transplants, you know, the life saving procedures, really, they're, they're not elective, but um, they've been more or less shut down now. By the way, these numbers are less than 24 hours old, if anyone's wondering. You're saying, oh, well, that could be a month or a month or two out of date. No, these numbers are less than 24 hours old. ICU beds are actually lower than what they're normally forecast at. They're 63.5%. Patients who tested positive for COVID-19 occupy just under 15% of all beds nationwide. And we're, t- we're being told that the hospitals are being overrun because of COVID. Areas that have posted huge surges in cases, right? New York, for example. The numbers there, I mean, they're, they're similar to the national average. 76% of hospital beds and 61% of ICU beds were taken in New York. In California, where test results have <clears throat> skyrocketed, 76% of inpatient beds were likewise filled, though the ICU numbers were notably higher than New York's at 79%. Ohio, my home state of Ohio, Governor the idiot over there, whatever his name is, uh, DeWine, shameful piece of trash he is, Ohio has seen a large surge. He said it's the worst we've ever seen. The state's burning red hot. We don't know what we're going to do, blah, 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 all that all that nonsense. Large surge over the last three months specifically. So the last 90 days, 71% of inpatient beds were taken and 77% of ICU beds were taken. So see, we're not far off the national average here. We're, we're right in line with this within a, percent, a few percentage points. These are normal operating numbers is my point. I know people that work in healthcare. I know doctors. I know nurses. They're always struggling to meet demand. Pandemic or no pandemic. So are we actually in a crisis? I mean, I, I OK, maybe that's a maybe that's a, the wrong question to ask here. Are we in a real crisis or are we in a manufactured crisis? That's what you have to be asking yourself. Is that right there? Well, actually, I, I think the first question is valid. Well, we are in a crisis. I, I'm not going to argue yeah. with that because the mm-hmm. crisis here is not everything that we're being told. The crisis is the response to everything that we're being told. That's the crisis. Yeah. All right. Well, with all of that, right, and I, again, I'm not, I'm not giving you some some crazy numbers. I'm giving you numbers that are less than 24 hours old, according to Health and Human Services. Those are their numbers, not mine. All right, <laughs> again, new lockdowns are coming. What did I say? They're going to run wild with, with cold and flu season. Here they are. So by state, new restrictions are going in in every state. All right, Bruce, what state you want to start with? I got a list of all states here. Which one you want to start with? Well, let's start with our home states. All right. Uh, let me see. Alphabetical order here. Boy, we're really far down there, aren't we? All right. Ohio. Governor Mike DeWine announced a statewide curfew, which will go into effect. I, I don't think anyone's actually following it. The curfew will run from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. for 21 days. However, the curfew does not apply to those who need to be at work, have an emergency or need for medical care. If you can find any. Apparently, there's plenty of hospital space. Residents can still leave their homes for groceries or if they're picking up a carry out or drive through meal or getting delivery. Ohio Department of Health has also warned against mass gatherings, of course. Wedding receptions and other banquet facilities will be required to follow several guidelines to minimize uh, the spread of COVID-19, which we went over those a while back. Do you remember those? Same things are in effect still. Okay, so no socializing in open areas and no dancing. Guests will be required to be seated at all times and serve no and no self-serve bar areas or self-serve buffets will be allowed. Masks must be worn at all times except while eating or drinking. So that's where you can get married in Ohio you can drive your friends to the wedding, but you're not allowed to sit with them at the reception. You can throw the bouquet, but you can't leave your seat to catch it. And you can have a drink while sitting, but you can't do it while standing. Uh, again, the 
COVID knows when you're eating food or drinking. It does. It knows. It does. Yeah. And it knows and it knows when to come out too. It knows exactly when to come out. So it, it comes out between the hours of, of 10 p.m. And, and 5 a.m. Oklahoma, all bars and restaurants will be required to close by 11 p.m. Are they doing that? Yeah, I, I know in the, the city I live in, it's, it's yeah, we have curfews. We have uh-huh. mask, sort of mask mandates. It's not a you're required to wear a mask. Businesses are required to put up a sign that says you're required to wear a mask, but very few of them actually enforce that. And the way the law or, or excuse me, the ordinance is worded if the businesses don't have the sign they get fined but they're not required to enforce it so it's kind of a weird stupid yeah uh-huh uh let me see however restaurant drive through windows and curbside pickup can operate past 11 p.m so i guess you got all night uh mcdonald's i suppose drive through i guess all restaurants will be required to space tables at least six feet apart unless tables are separated by uh the little plastic window things mm. that that, you know, yeah, stop yeah. everything. Plexiglass. They stop absolutely. Yeah, yeah, they stop everything. Yeah. All state employees will be required to wear a mask in common areas or when they're around other people. So basically at all times. Uh, I did, yes. um, all right. So that's Oklahoma. I, that's Ohio. Any, any other state you want to look at while you're talking that I can look up? Well, I mean, uh, yeah, um, we've got California, New York, Michigan. I don't know. Those are good, good ones to look at. All right. I'll tell you what. Uh, let's do New York because I, I want to, I want to talk about New York. This, this is this is going to be good. So New York. Governor Cuomo announced Friday that indoor dining will be prohibited in New York City starting. T- By the way, shouldn't that be like the mayor's decision? Of course, I'm not saying he would take a different one, but shouldn't it be the mayor's decision, not the governor's? Yeah. When you go to a city level. Yeah. Uh-huh. Should yeah, if of course, the governor like can say- only make it Yeah, like I said, it it shouldn't. Yeah, but he's saying it's prohibited in New York City. So yeah, yeah. yeah. See, he's realized that the ones that that the uh, the sheriffs in upstate New York won't enforce that, so he can't say the whole state now. So now he's got it. Yeah, okay. All indoor dining will be prohibited in New York starting on December fourteenth. Takeout, delivery, and outdoor dining will be allowed to continue, although serving alcohol to go is prohibited. By the way, just on a side note, they've done the same thing here. You're no longer allowed to serve alcohol. You're going to tell Germans they can't have alcohol? Oh, I'd like to see how well that's going to go. I also would like to point out uh, where they're saying outdoor dining. Literally, their outdoor dining is literally indoor dining Uh in a tent with a heater because, you know, it's cold in New York City right now. I mean, it's cold here. We're snowing here Uh and we're further south. So... Cuomo also threatened to implement tighter restrictions on indoor dining in other parts of the state if hospitalization rates don't improve. What are your numbers, Governor? Are they right around the national average? See, the average person out there doesn't actually pay attention to those numbers. So when they hear those high averages like that, they start to panic. That's what it's all about. It's about driving that agenda of fear. If that happens, indoor dining would be reduced to 25% capacity. All businesses that have a state liquor license are required to close by 10 p.m. All gyms will be required to close by 10 p.m. Why? Why 10 p.m.? What's the difference between 10 p.m. and 5 p.m.? What's the difference? I would argue you have a a massive surge of people between the hours of 5 p.m. and 10 p.m. People getting off work, people wanting to go work out. I would argue that gyms would be a safer place after 10 p.m. because they aren't going to be as full. But again, the virus knows. I, I don't know what I'm talking about, right? Indoor and outdoor gatherings at private residences must be capped at 10 people. Until further notice... All New York City buildings, or excuse me, might as well be. All New York City school buildings will be closed for in-person learning. You going to send all the kids home? Why? All students who were taking classes in person will transition to remote learning. Hmm. You know, did we close the schools? I just want to play that clip now. I just want to play it. You know, the the narrative we were talking about earlier, how China, you know, we we have CCP agents in a lot of places that, uh, you know, that that data dump. More and more, when you look at this and you look at these lockdowns and you look at what it's doing to the psyche of people, the health of people, and um, the welfare of our kids, this is not only destroying our economy, but this is destroying the generation that's coming up. I mean, they need that social interaction because they learn how to socially interact being in schools, right? That's how they form and learn those those, um, skills. And then you you're going to force them to learn at home. Some students can't learn very well from from uh, an online learning. You know, it's a, it's a literally it's a small percentage of the population that does well on that. And it just more and more it fits into the narrative of this is a this is all a China hoax, hoax that they're trying to annihilate their competitor. And mm-hmm. who's the greatest competitor to China right now? The U.S. Western civilization in general. True. 
And they just so happen to have a bunch of compromised Western elites that are willing to do their bidding. Deputy sheriffs will implement quarantine checkpoints and vehicle stops at key bridges and crossings, including in the vicinity of the Lincoln and Holland Tunnels and in the area of West 34th and 11th Avenue in Manhattan. Sheriff's Office will also implement checks when buses drop riders from out of state, according to Bloomberg. You going to check the bums coming in from out of state to get the benefits? Or are they going to get immediately transported in a limousine or an Uber over to the uh, the Ritz-Carlton downtown? Or the Weston Grand, perhaps? Give them a penthouse suite? Just saying. 10,000 restaurants. Listen to the number I'm about to say again. 10,000 restaurants in New York City alone have closed in the last three months. 10,000. That's crazy. The iconic 21 Club ceased operations in March, but a spokesman said owners hope to reopen when the pandemic is over. Only one way this pandemic ends. In the light of the ongoing global crisis and anticipated extended recovery period for the hospitality industry, the difficult decision was made that it will not be feasible to reopen the 21 Club in its current form for the foreseeable future. The company is exploring potential opportunities that will allow the 21 Club to remain a viable operation in the long term while retaining its distinctive character, a spokeswoman for the company said. 10,000 restaurants. The National Restaurant Association is publicly pleading with Congress to pass new stimulus to help the industry that has been damaged by the pandemic. The group said Monday that 110,000 restaurants have been already permanently shuttered in 2020 alone, with 10,000 of them closed in the last three months. Yeah, I mean, you look at it for New York alone. Let's say they just those those 10,000. Let's just say they employed 10 people on average, just 10. That's 100,000 people out of jobs. Oh, but don't worry, Bruce, if it saves just one life. But so, how many lives are we destroying in this process? How many oh, How many lives? They don't care. They don't care. Like, you know, I, I tried to explain this to somebody the other day. I said, do you understand that this is about leveling small businesses? And they just laughed at me. Like, that. that's where people are at. They just, I, I just got laughed at. Like, people don't even get it. So, all right, that's going on. Those types of numbers, th- those types of unemployments. I mean, th- this is going to skyrocket. Do you understand they're going to create this type of mismanagement is going to create the food lines that Bernie Sanders says that's a good thing? Tomorrow, tomorrow, I'm going to give I'm, go- I'm going to read it here. I'm, I'm going to go over firsthand account. I'm going to tell a story by a gentleman that grew up in the Soviet Union under Stalin. And when I read that story, I want you to take that into consideration and I want you to compare it to what we're seeing now by the actions of these governments, by the actions of these these little tyrants. And I want you to ask yourself if there's any similarities. That's all. But anyway, back to New York. So indoor dining's closed. You want a decent meal, you can't you can't order out. I mean, hell, that's what New York's all about. All the different places you can go. All the I mean, you talk about multiculturalism, that's it. But see, Bruce, the good news, the good news is that since you can't go out and you can't get a you can't get a meal, you can't meet with all these people, you can't uh, you can't socialize, you can't do any of that. The good news is that while all these businesses are going out and all these lives are being saved from COVID, Governor Cuomo's throwing himself a private birthday party. And I'm not joking. I'm not joking. I got a copy of the uh, uh, the the invite here. Birthday and holiday reception in support of Gover- Governor Andrew Cuomo. And it's kind of cute. You know, the M in Cuomo has like a has like a check through it, you know, like you're voting yes. Yeah. And you're going to have special guests. Special guests are going to be there. They're lined up and they're, they're going to be there. And to be honest with you, I mean, the who's who are going to be there. You're going to have special guests, the likes of which of Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro is going to be there. Whoopi Goldberg is going to be there. Rosie Perez is going to be there. Ben Stiller will be there. And Henry Winkler, you know, the guy that played the Fonz on Happy Days, he's going to be there. This I mean, th- this is what what an occasion, right? What an occasion. The hypocrisy of this is is just they're, they're rubbing it in everybody's faces. And wait till you hear how much this is going to cost. Uh, before I get into the numbers here, Bruce, you want to go to this party? Um, I might go to crash the party, maybe. I don't know. Cut the power or something. You know, that'd be fun. But how many people did you list there? Uh, you mean just the special guests? Just the special guests. How many people were, were listed uh, there? Because well, you, you, got you Robert also De Niro. have the formal family. Yeah, you got the family, right? And then you got Robert De Niro. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg, Rosie Perez, Ben Stiller, and Henry Winkler. Okay, so that's five there, and then uh, six. Cuomo. Oh no, oh, five. Six, yeah, six. Five, five. You're right. I'm sorry. Six with Cuomo. Yeah. Yeah. Six, okay. Cuomo, his wife. Yeah, he's married, right? Or is yes. he single? Uh, no, 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 no. He's he's single. He's out. He was out he's there. Single. On, he was. Oh, right, yeah. He was right. last year. He was trying to get a date on TV during a press conference. You remember? Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. He, uh, odd how he hasn't had success yet. Yeah. Does he have? Uh, does he have any kids? Yeah, he's got a daughter. You remember he he wasn't going to spend Thanksgiving with her because of COVID. He was he was mm-hmm. thinking of mm-hmm. of her safety. Don't you remember? Mm-hmm. So that means they have room for three more guests, right? Technically, yes. Yeah. 
So if he's going to abide by his own rules, they can only have three more guests there. And it has to be within the immediate family, which they've already broken that rule because the five guests there are not immediate family. They're, you know, the, the, the hypocrisy. No, no, he can, he can shove it. Listen to how much this is going to cost. Okay. He, throwing himself, uh, you have to also remember, this is also a, a fundraiser, kind of. I mean, the guy's got an election campaign coming up, you know? And it's possible, it's possible that Biden could tap him to be the next attorney general of the United States. God, wouldn't that be great? We might actually get something done. Hosting actually, costs. No, actually, that could be a, that could be something good because then they would have to replace him as governor. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, they, that's, that's good. They point. would have an emergency election. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, hosting costs. Listen to how much this is going to cost. Just the hosting cost for this is going to be ten thousand dollars. If you're a friend status, right? So if you're if you're a friend status, all right, that's five thousand dollars. So that'll cost you five thousand. So that's if you're a friend. If you're just a patron, you know, just somebody that yeah, whatever. That's twenty five hundred. And a guest. Uh, just being a guest of somebody that's, you know, just an associate. Because, I mean, to me, it sounds like they're going to have more than, than 10 people at this gathering. Being a guest, that's only going to cost you 1000 So one th- the minimum you can get into this party, Bruce, is $1,000 a plate is what it's going to cost you. So he's fully expecting to, to violate his own rules, which he already did. But it's OK, right? Because he's a politician. He, he's in the forefront of the public eye. And he has the, the things he does is greater. It's more yeah. important than yeah. these rules yeah. and lockdowns. Yes. Yeah. He's spending all this time and, and all this effort. I mean, don't don't you can you not see how much this man cares? To be fair, I think he's using the state budget as an ATM to pay off the entertainment industry. But, you know, I could be wrong here. Basically, here's the thing. You give Cuomo thousands of dollars and he's going to turn around and he's going to give back what? What? He's going to shut your business down. He's going to turn your neighborhood into a hellhole. Hell, I think the mayor's done a pretty good job of that already up there. New York's not the same place it used to be. And it's because of trash like this. You know something? It's coming time for us to take that garbage out once and for all. And I'm not just talking about America. All right, we're going to have to go. We are out of time today. But nice seeing you back, Bruce. Glad you're back. Hope you had a uh, successful move. Glad to be back. And and we did. Yeah, just a few more minor things to do in the house. I I say minor. Replace carpet and rooms and that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. And then I'll be fully back up and fully back up and running. Sounds good. And we look forward to it. For those of you who have not and you would like to, please do give us a follow on the social media platform of Parlor. Love getting all of your likes, your echoes, your comments, and your feedbacks. You can follow me over there at Anderson 3 or you can follow Marty at Marty Foster. Also, if you want to reach out to us and you don't want to do it on social media, you can do so anytime by dropping us a line at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would humbly ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. We are trying to grow our audience here as much as possible, but we need your help as a loyal listener in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that. We are available everywhere you get your podcasts. Also, if you are rating podcasts, if you could drop over to whatever respective platform you're listening to us on and give us a rating at your earliest possible convenience, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. Bruce, welcome back and thank you for your time tonight. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you and we love freedom and independence. And together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow.